1: You're listening to Audio Theater in a Darker Shade. This is DarkerProjects.com. Now our feature presentation.
2: When I was a little girl, most of the stories I read started with once upon a time and ended with they lived happily ever after. I guess once upon a time is as good an opening as I'm going to come up with, so here goes. Once upon a time, everyone in the small town of Blackthorn, Vermont went insane. Everyone that is, except me. I'm getting ahead of myself, I I need to go back some, explain how all of this started. My name is Samantha Beale, or Sam for short. In college, I studied journalism with a dream that after graduation, I would one day work for one of the big newspapers or news networks. So, how did I end up in Blackthorn? <laughs> Easy. I-, I followed a boy here. Ever done something stupid and regret it later? They say hindsight is twenty-twenty, and if I could do it all over again, I would definitely have gone after my chosen career. But... When I was dating Steven... Well, I believed I'd found my one true love. (laughs) Anyway, long story short... Three weeks after moving here, we broke up and... Lo and behold, I was stuck here without a penny to my name. I was able to find a job... At the local hardware store. My plan was simple. I would save enough money to get out of this podunk town and go somewhere big. Like New York, LA, maybe London. But my college loans started coming due, and between paying rent and them, I wasn't able to save a whole lot of money. So, here it is. Three years later, and I am still stuck in Blackthorne. It was the morning of September 13th that I had my first encounter with events that would change my life.
0: Fear! Fear! For you face your own destruction! The hour of judgment is upon you all! The first ones are returning! They will look upon the works of God and cast them into the fires of damnation! Oh, kittens. Do not take my words lightly, child. Leviathan has risen and is here now. She is making the way clear for the others. None shall stop them, for what once was theirs shall be theirs again.
2: That's nice. Can you get out of my way? I'm late for work. (laughs)
0: Work? Your works should be your own salvation. Do you truly wish to be cast into hell's labyrinth with the rest of God's works? For that is what awaits you if you do not heed my words.
2: Oh, gee, I'm going to hell. Hope they have marshmallows there. (laughs) Marshmallow? You know, eternal fire and all that. I figure I can toast a few marshmallows while I'm there. Hey, if they have chocolate and graham crackers, maybe I can make s'mores while I'm down there, too.
0: Do not mock me, Samantha Beale.
2: How do you know my name?
0: I am Leviathan's emissary. I know all, including the emptiness that dwells within your heart.
2: Oh, for the love of... I'm out of here. You have
0: been warned. Your very soul is at risk of damnation.
2: Look, if it gets you out of my way, I repent the sin of God and creation. Can I go now?
0: Then you are now one of the saved. Go forth into your new life.
2: Gee, thanks. You have a nice day too. See ya. Okay, that was weird. Good morning, Sam. See you've met Blackthorn's new prophet. Uh, morning, Maggie. Where the hell did that guy come from? I've never seen them around before. It's the damn stones. They drag the crazies from all over the country. The stones Maggie was referring to were a series of stone pylons positioned at five different points surrounding the town of Blackthorn. Since they had first been uncovered in the late 70s, it had attracted a group of folks from tree-hugging hippies to New Age clerics, all believing that the stones had some mystical properties. Yeah, maybe, but he knew my name. He knew mine, too. But how? He may have been fishing in the dumpster out back and came across our names on a piece of paper, but I'm gonna guess it's the name tag you have pinned to your jacket. What? Oh! Uh, yeah, that must be it. <laughs> He's just another Sam. Ignore him. But why is he out front of the store? Can't we just run him off? The sidewalk is town Property. From a legal point, he can stand out there all day long and preach doom and gloom to his heart's content. Look at the bright side. Maybe with him out there, no one will come in and we'll have ourselves a nice quiet day. Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Could do with a quiet day. So, did you do anything fun last night? Nah, stayed in. Watched some news show about the riots in Portland. They're claiming everything was just mass hysteria. You really should get out more. You have such a pretty face. You shouldn't waste your evening watching TV. Maybe when I start making more money, I'll go out some. But right now, it's all I can do to afford my rent. I can't afford to start dating. Back in my day, the boys paid for everything. Well, it's a new millennium. The dating rules have changed. So I keep hearing. Damn shame, really. Anyways...
1: I think it's time we opened.
2: The day went by uneventfully. Unless, of course, you consider the nut job standing out front yelling at people as they passed him by. As Maggie had predicted, he had proven to be enough of a deterrent to keep the store empty. It was a little past four when it started. What, what is that? An earthquake! It, it's gotta be an earthquake! But we're on the East Coast. We don't have earthquakes like this. Do we? We do now! The quake ended as quickly as it had begun. Several tools and items had been knocked loose from the shelves. But for the most part, there was no damage.
0: It has begun!
2: The hour of judgment is upon you all! Oh, I wish he'd just leave. You okay, Maggie? Maggie? Hey, Maggie? You all right? Something was very wrong with Maggie. At first I thought maybe something had fallen off one of the shelves and had hit her in the head. But as I got closer, I could see she was standing still, swaying slightly from one foot to the next. She was looking at the floor. As I called out her name, she turned around. Maggie? You... you all right? (laughs)
0: Eat. I'm going to eat you. Eat your pretty face.
2: (gasps) Maggie tackled me and knocked me to the floor. Her face was contorted in rage and joy. She was foaming at the mouth like a rabid animal. More than once, she tried to bite me. (gasps) You have a pretty face, Sam. That's why all the boys in town want to stick it in you. Stick it in so deep. Do it till you bleed. (laughs) I tried to get out from under her, but her weight kept me pinned down. I reached out with one of my hands, trying to find something. Anything I could use to defend myself. My hands grasped a small hammer. I brought it down hard on Maggie's head. (laughs) It's hit, hit me. Hit me good and hard, you little slut. I like it. It feels so good. Come on, hit me again! What is wrong with you? I hit her again and again and again, (laughs) all the while she was laughing and moaning like this was some depraved sexual act to her. Yes, make me bleed more. Don't stop just when I'm getting into it. You got me so close. Oh, I'm almost there. More! (laughs) (laughs) Get off of me! With one final blow to the side of her head, Maggie tumbled off of me and collapsed to the floor. And there she stayed. I quickly got to my feet, holding the blood-spattered hammer in my hands. And that's when I heard the screams from outside. Slowly, I walked to the closest window. The first thing I saw was a mother who was swinging her baby around like a baseball bat. She gripped its feet and slammed it repetitively into the foot of the car until its head burst. All the while, she was laughing. A man was walking down the center of Main Street carrying a shotgun. He was shooting out the windows of all the stores and at anyone who came close to him. But they seemed to mind. Everyone who he shot started laughing as if this was some big joke. After the second shot, they stopped laughing. Another man used a chainsaw to pop a little boy's arm. teenage girl was being raped in the road. A woman was eating the remains of what might have been a cat. The only thing they all had in common. were laughing like maniacs. I was scared. I quickly locked the front door and brought down the steel shutters. Not that this would really stop anyone if they were determined to get in. I had to get away. Away from what was happening. It was like the world was ending and I was the only one still sane. I ran back to the shop and opened up the door that led to an alley. I didn't see anyone outside, so I ran. I could still hear the screams and laughter, but I didn't care. I was getting out of here. Away from town. I ran as fast as I could. Faster than I had ever ran before. I had no idea where I was going, just that I had to get away from town had to get away before someone found me and tried to kill me again i was heading towards open country when i hit the barrier it had been growing dark but for some reason the sky had been turning green i had not paid it any attention my goal at the time had been to escape but the further i got away from town the greener the sky turned and as i came over a small hill i discovered why that was was a massive wall of fire made of green flames. The fire stretched as far as I could see and so high into the night sky that I couldn't really tell where it ended. Oh, now what the hell is happening? I stepped closer to the flames. I expect to feel some kind of heat coming off the barrier, but the closer I got to it, the colder I got. How could that be? Cold fire? I never heard anything like that. That's when the voices began. Sands,
0: sands, Come to us. Come into the fire. You are one of us. You
2: have given yourself over. Come to us. Oh, forget this! I started running again, away from the wall of flames and the voices. I ran into the night. After I'd gotten some distance from the fire, I tried to find another way out of town. But everywhere I went, I came against the green flames and the haunting voices from within. Come, Sam. Your soul belongs with us. Come into the flames. It didn't take me long to figure out. The flames were surrounding Blackthorn, cutting us off from the outside world. I had to hide. It was the only option I had. Question was, where? In the end, I chose the local library. It was on the outskirts of town and a large building. I figured I could hide in the basement until all of this passed. If it passed. I ran quickly up the steps and threw open the door. It was very dark with the power off. There was only soft green glow from the fires that illuminated everything. I clutched my hammer close to me as I slowly made my way inside. Many of the books had been knocked off of the shelves, no doubt by the earthquake. However, so far I didn't see anyone else in here. Maybe I'd be lucky. Maybe I could get downstairs and... As soon as I heard the footsteps, my heart started racing About to turn and run when he stepped out from behind one of the bookcases. A man dressed in a long black coat with a deathly pale complexion. He was flipping through the pages of a book.
3: It's quite all right. I'm not going to hurt you. Useless. Well, nothing ventured and all that. Uh,
2: I. I.
3: Yes, I know. Things are very strange. People are killing one another, there is a big green fire surrounding the town, and they're out of rice pudding at the supermarket.
2: You're... you're not crazy.
3: My brother might beg to differ on that. However, yes, for the most part, I'm not crazy.
2: But... how?
3: I could ask the same of you.
2: Are you the librarian?
3: Librarian? No, I think that's him over there. What's left of him at any rate.
2: Oh, kittens! They... they ripped him apart.
3: He's not the only one. Ran into two more over by American History and another in the Children's section. Really don't want to see that one. I wouldn't worry, though. They seem to have left.
2: Uh, Who are you? Why are you here?
3: I'm Byron. And I'm looking for a book. A book? Yes, one they don't seem to have. I would have been surprised if they did. But never mind that. Who are you?
2: Sam. I... I mean, it's Samantha Beale, but everyone calls me Sam.
3: Okay, Sam. First thing you need to do is take a deep breath and calm down. You're safe for the moment. The mob's not trying to break in and everything's fine.
2: Fine? What about that green fire outside?
3: I do admit that's a little odd. That's why I came.
2: What? You mean you came from outside the fire? Is there a way out?
3: Yes, I came from outside the fire, and no, there is not a way out. Not anymore. But I'll figure something out.
2: That must be why everyone's gone insane. The fires are doing it.
3: Not exactly. It's a mystical flame. If anything, it's feeding off them. The more violent they become, the greater the fires burn.
2: Mystical? You mean... like magic? (sighs) There's no such thing as magic.
3: So how do you explain the fire?
2: I I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of chemical weapon. You know, like in the movies or something.
3: That's a good guess. Absolutely rubbish, but it's still a good guess.
2: Oh, come on. How can you expect me to believe this is something magic?
3: How do you explain the voices in the fire? I take it you've heard them.
2: I heard something. I don't know what it was.
3: I don't know either. Not yet, anyway. What's happening to everyone in this town is a little like Tourette's syndrome. Everyone has begun acting purely on primitive impulses without the benefit of conscience or decency to regulate their behavior.
2: So, it's forcing them to do all those horrible things.
3: Not forcing. The civilized parts of their minds have shut down, so they've simply gone back to something more savage.
2: Okay, let's say the fire isn't causing this. What is it, then? Ah,
3: a very good question. Now, where was that map? Ah, there it is.
2: Come along. There was a large map of Blackthorn pinned to the wall. Byron tore it down and laid it out on a nearby table. Then he pulled a large green magic marker from his coat.
3: There are five stone pylons that surround this town, located Here, 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 and here.
2: Yes, I've seen them. Are they important?
3: Very. The emerald flame is being projected out of them. What? From up in the sky, the flames look like this.
2: Isn't that a pentagram?
3: Exactly. The projected flames form a giant pentagram with this town court in midsection.
2: Doesn't that mean this is something satanic?
3: Satanic? How do you come by that?
2: Well, isn't the pentagram a satanic symbol?
3: No. A lot of religions use the pentagram symbol. Christians used to use it to represent the five wounds of Christ. Wiccans, Taoism, even Jewish faiths have used pentagrams.
2: Meaning what?
3: Meaning, just because the flame has created a pentagram does not mean we're dealing with Mr. Logan.
2: Uh, who's Mr. Logan?
3: Story for another time. Right now, I'm more concerned about what's happening at the center of the pentagram.
2: The center? I thought that's where we were.
3: We're in the middle section, yes, but all the energy that the pylons are gathering up is being channelled right... here. This park, right at the center of Blackthorn. Whatever is causing this has to be there.
2: I'm still having a hard time believing this.
3: I know this isn't easy. You're having to face something most humans never deal with. But magic is real. What is going on outside is real.
2: Okay. What's in the center?
3: I don't know. Not yet.
2: Is there anything we can do about it? Uh, Maybe turn it off.
3: Well, I need to go to the park and find out what's causing this.
2: Given that whatever that is has made everyone go bat crazy, maybe it'd be better if we just stayed away.
3: Stayed away? And I'll never know what did this.
2: Would that really be a bad thing?
3: A bad thing? A bad thing? Of course it would be a bad thing! This isn't just going to fix itself, it'll probably get worse.
2: So why do we have to fix it?
3: Because that's the kind of thing I do. Besides, if I don't, there is a good chance it'll muck up everything I've been working towards. And I'm not in the mood to start over again.
2: With that, Byron slid the marker back into his jacket and started walking towards the front doors. And after tossing them open, he looked back at me.
3: Mind you, you don't have to come along. But given that you have that tattoo, you might want to tag along.
2: Tattoo? What are you talking about?
3: Take a look at your left wrist.
2: I rolled up my coat sleeve and I held up my arm. Upon my left wrist was a strange symbol. One I'd never seen before. What? How did that get there?
3: I take it you don't remember?
2: No! I've never had a tattoo in my life! What the hell is it? It's glowing green!
3: It's the mark of Leviathan. It may be why you were spared while everyone else in the town went mad.
2: What is a Leviathan? It won't come off! Why won't it come off?
3: I doubt it'll ever come off, not so long as you're one of Leviathan's chosen. Now I could lie to you, tell you to stay here and everything will be fine. Or you can come along with me and maybe, just maybe, I might be able to help you.
2: I don't seem to have much choice, do I?
3: No, you don't.
1: You've been listening to The Byron Chronicles, Season 3, Episode 2, Sam. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Amanda Fitzwater as Maggie, Ellie Hirschman as Freakshow, Megan Donathan as the voices of Flame, and introducing Natalie Van Sistine as Sam Beale. Music performed by Midnight Syndicate. This episode was written and directed and produced by Eric Busby. Sound design by Eric Busby. I'm Mark Brzee. This has been a Darker Projects production. This has been on Darker Projects production. Visit us on the web at www.darkerprojects.com.
2: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.